We catch you up in the latest recruiting news from, hey, who didn't pick Michigan State to, hmm, who's about to pick Michigan State? And also we dive into the mailbag to answer your questions about scheduling, how USC and UCLA will be welcome to East Lansing, and a lot more. Let's go have some fun today. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the best people of all time. Of course, we're talking about you. Yes, the listeners and viewers of Lockdown Spartans. And before going any further, hey, that's right. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. And really, before starting the rest of the show, let's just address the big elephant in the room right now. Yeah, this is not the home studio that I'm recording from. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we're doing a road game over here, baby. Um, so, yes, over this shoulder, uh, this is a, uh, a picture of a football that my son kind of somewhat helped color in. And over here is the handwriting of someone that's about 20 months old. Except that's me. That This is what I wrote over here. It's the score of the uh, Michigan-Michigan State football game for you podcast listeners is over my shoulder right now. That would be 37-33. to 33. Tuck coming. Never forget. Um, and number two. Guys, uh, I always do this to start the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel, wherever you find folks digest this media. But I also want to take a quick second to thank each and every one of you who have given the YouTube channel a try, and especially if you have subscribed to this channel because we are approaching a big number. We're approaching a 1,000, or maybe when you're watching this, we've already passed that number, and I, I can't say how much I'm blown away by your guys' support, your generosity with your time, and uh, giving this face. And this voice, a shot, uh, when it comes to talking about your Michigan State Spartans, which we do here on the Lockdown Podcast, three days a week in July. But once August uh, gets rolling, we're back to five days. Come on. You can't be sitting at three days a week forever. So let's get into the show. Uh, we're going to kick it off with, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, recruiting talk, because that is the talk of the town in East Lansing for the last month, and for good reason, for the most part. However... You don't get wins every single day you wake up uh, in college football recruiting, no matter what team you are. And while June was a blast, Michigan State got a lot of great recruits. It was awesome. We're going to start this topic on the guys they didn't get, but don't worry. We're going to end the segment on a high note. I'm the kind of person where it's like, hey, do you want the bad news first or the good news first? Hook me up with that bad news, so I'm at least walking away here with a good taste in my mouth. So let's just talk about um, who Michigan State may have missed out on uh, and the big, uh, well, big commitment. It was two commitments. Uh, Michael and Andrew Harris out of Florida, both top 300 kids, both linebackers. Both were on campus about two, I think maybe three weeks ago. Uh, They have committed to Central Florida. Yes, it came down between Michigan State, Maryland, and UCF. And they opted to play uh, college football um, as of now. Of course, you know, didn't sign anything official yet. But they are verbally committed to the Golden Knights down at UCF, which is just a little under a half hour from where they play high school football. So those two very talented brothers are staying home. Uh, and they're also going to be the third greatest UCF commit of all time and the seventh greatest UCF commit of all time, should they sign their letter of intent. So... Hats off to Gus Malzahn and Central Florida. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. Of course it is. You know, when you see kids not 
pick your school. Uh, it's always great to be bummed out about a high school kid's college college decision that he's making, but that's college sports fandom for you right there. So, yes, that is what's going on with that recruitment. And for the most part, that, that was kind of our last two targets at the linebacker position, at least for guys that are on the radar right now. However, of course, you may remember this. A few weeks ago, Michigan State did get the commitment of Jordan Hall, massive top 200 player, great player. So that's the only linebacker in this class right here. However, they also didn't get anyone last year in the linebacker room on the high school football uh, recruiting trail, so to speak. But I'm not going to just stare at the ceiling the rest of the night, punch in the air. I'm not going to lose much sleep on it because I think it's been pretty established that you can get linebackers out of the transfer portal, especially you know if you're Michigan State. Now, is it the most sustainable formula to fill up a linebacker room? Maybe, maybe not, but Mel Tucker is so far two for two in his off seasons where he's picking and prodding out of the portal. Got Quaveris Crouch last year. He got Jacoby Winman and Aaron Brule this year. So, look, I, I, yeah, it's a bummer you don't land two top 300 kids, but it'd be like that sometimes in the world of recruiting. Also, another kid that Michigan State missed out on, I'll be really quick on this, Caleb Presley, uh, his safety, or no, I'm sorry, cornerback, cornerback, got my defensive backfield positions mixed up there. Uh, he committed to Oregon earlier this week. Uh, so right now, Michigan State has Chance Rucker, of course, a four-star out of Texas, and Eddie Pleasant, the three-star from Florida. So who is still out there? You know, for for cornerbacks for Michigan State, uh, you still have Colton Hood out there, the three-star from Georgia, still has yet to make a decision. And Jalen Braxton, I guess you could say that he's still in the air, if we want to lie to ourselves and say that, I guess. It's not official that he's not going to pick Michigan State, but yes, that's uh, Jalen Braxton is the four-star out of Texas that was committed to Michigan State for roughly 16 seconds before he decommitted, and so I, I guess you could throw his name out there just for laughs. Um, and in last year's class, if you want to you know, talk about back-to-back classes, uh, Caleb Coley, Aid Willie. Okay, so those are your cornerbacks right now. Also coming up this Saturday, Jaden Wayne, five-star or highly rated four-star, depending on what recruiting website you look at. Defensive end, uh, he will be committing this Saturday. All signs are pointing to Miami. And then another defensive end, Enau Etta, uh, he is going to commit any day now, and all signs are pointing, unfortunately, to Michigan right there. But let's flip the uh, mood of the conversation right now. Let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. That's right. It's, it's not all bad, uh, as you know, um, in Michigan State recruiting. Because, yes, well, we did just spend the last four or so minutes talking about, yeah, some misses. The whole big picture, this has still been an awesome, awesome offseason for recruiting. And it might get a little bit sweeter here uh, because, by Job. By Joe is going to be committing on Thursday. 4 p.m. is what he tweeted out. He lives in the Central Time Zone, so I don't know if that's 5 p.m. Eastern or if it's 4 p.m. Regardless, Thursday afternoon, By Job will be committing to one of three schools: Alabama, Oklahoma, your Michigan State Spartans. Um, we reference these guys all the time. 24/7 Sports, awesome recruiting experts. They have their crystal balls where they guess where kids are going. At, at, at this moment, at this very moment, a lot of crystal balls are flowing for by Job to Michigan State. So who is this guy? Well, we talked about him a few episodes ago, so I'll be really quick here. Top 100 kid. 
top 100 kid, and you, you don't see these kids walking through uh, your locker room all too often. He is the 64th ranked player in the whole nation per 24-7 sports, the number nine rated edge rusher, and also the number one kid out of the state of Oklahoma. And I also referenced this, and if he commits, I'll drop this stat again. Since 2016, the number one kid rated in the state of Oklahoma has stayed in the state of Oklahoma except one other time, and that was with uh, Daxton Hill you know, over at Michigan. So it would be the last seven years the kids have either gone to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or a school in Michigan. So that would be a massive, massive get, not just for Mel Tucker, but for Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman. God, that's what I'm talking about. There we go, because that would make it, that would make it two kids rated inside the top 200 nationally are going to be your defensive ends. Of course, the other guy I'm talking about, Iowa's Andrew DePape. Tuck coming, Brandon Jordan coming, and uh, we also might have Coach Cap coming. That's right, Coach Kapilovic, the offensive line coach, doing some work on the trails as well. Cole Dellinger, uh, a Michigan kid, uh, a kid out of the Mitten State. Yes, he goes to Clarkston High School. We are reopening the Clarkston High School pipeline. Of course, different sport. We're not talking about uh, basketball, but hey, the, we, we got ourselves a talented kid here in six foot four, Cole Dellinger, interior offensive line, committing this Friday between LSU, Purdue, well, and yeah, your Michigan State Spartans, because uh, duh, that's why we're, we're talking about him. So yes, he will be announcing on Friday. What's his kid's story? He's rated number 331 in the whole nation. He is rated the number 16 interior offensive line and also the number five ranked player in the state. Uh, he would already be joining Clay Whedon for interior offensive line, although Whedon has that frame where he can bump it out to left tackle, right tackle. Anyway, future issue right there. And then Jonathan Slack as well. So this would make it two kids out of the state of Michigan as Jonathan Slack is an MLK kid out of Detroit. So there you have it. And um, yes, if the name Dellinger sounds a little familiar, uh, it's because his brother is going to be a rising sophomore at LSU and actually got to play a good amount as a freshman down in Baton Rouge for the Louisiana State Tigers, if you've ever heard of that little football program down there. So yes, uh, football pedigree, obviously a great build. Uh, yeah, all, all the numbers suggest uh, this would be a kid that you would get pretty excited about. So uh, should one or both of these kids commit, yeah, you know we're going to be talking about it on Monday's show of Locked on Spartans. Because when news breaks, uh, keep it tuned here. Uh, we'll talk about it. Because, yeah, duh, that's just what we do. Oh, my goodness, I just hit a button on this washing machine that I am recording on top of right now. Anyway, what a great segue into our first ad read here on a very professional episode of Lockdown Spartans. Um, but first, I just got to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. That's right. It's where the game starts, baby. Uh, we got the British Open rolling up really, really soon. And BetOnline has the props. They got the lines out ready for that. Shane Lowry at 22-1. to 1. Shane Lowry at 22-1. to 1. Guys, keep it hooked up to Bet Online because they are your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball season. I don't know why I just read the NHL playoffs uh, part. You don't know. The 2023 NHL playoffs. Bet on that. There you go. That's how I'm going to clean up that mistake I just made. Yeah, bet on the future uh, Stanley Cup next summer. 
Jesus. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And they are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, golf. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. Gang, that is at BetOnline, where the game starts. And before starting our next segment in the mailbag, hey, just want to thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's also talk a little bit about recruiting still. Like, I, oh, come on, you think I'm just going to be done with it that early? No, come on, please. Um, Anthony writes in an email also talking about recent news that happened, not at Michigan State, but maybe news that you know, can affect Michigan State. And he writes, with Francis Mauiaga committing to Miami, can you please rate your confidence MSU lands Samson Okunlola in the following scale? And the scale is Ohio State losing to Butkers this year in football, parentheses, so not a chance, to Freep publishing an article claiming J.J. McCarthy is the Heisman frontrunner in August, bet the car and house on it, is what he says. So I just banged out two names right there. I'm sure I pronounced at least one of them right. Uh, Francis Mauiaga, he is the number one offensive tackle in the country. Uh, he actually visited Michigan State in April on an unofficial visit, but when it got down to it, Michigan State wasn't really a factor. They weren't in his final teams, and he does commit to Miami. Okay, Samson Okunlola, the number two offensive tackle in the country. There's reason to believe that it was down between Miami Alabama, and your Michigan State Spartans. Francis just takes one of those offensive tackle spots. And yeah, of course, you could have two tackles commit to your class. I mean, you know, they're both on the field. But I think, and a lot of other people think, that Francis is going to be that coveted left tackle position. I would imagine, and a lot of other people would imagine, that Samson Okunlola also wants to be a left tackle as well. So that's one team out of the mix right there. However, you still got Alabama, don't you? You you, you still have Alabama, um, which is uh, no fun. And um, so, where do I rate my confidence? MSU lands Samson Okunlola. We've talked about it with recruiting guys before, like Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. With John Garcia Jr., who does national recruiting uh, for Sports Illustrated. And they give Michigan State a fighting chance. So, in between a 1 and a 10, I'm still feeling 5. I'm not waving the white flag yet, but I'm also, you know, not getting my Samson Okunlola custom-made jersey screen printed anytime soon. But yes, I think it is going to be between Michigan State and Alabama. Whispers of Oklahoma also jumping in in the mix here, but we'll see. Um, exciting times to be in the conversation for these guys, but man, the, the bigger these guys are, literally and figuratively, you know, these guys are massive massive specimens of athletes and also highly rated kids, the harder it hurts when they don't commit to your team. So let's go. It is heartbreak season. Let's get it popping. Hey, now here we go. But also like, look, if you don't get Samson Okamola, like there are still a lot of great players out there, right? Like Chase uh, Visantis out of New Jersey, got Miles McVeigh, Peyton Kirkland. So there, there's a lot to shake out with the offense, not just the offensive line room, but also the offensive tackle position for the 2023 class. So segment number, I'm sorry, question number two. Uh, this comes from Eddie. And last episode or a few episodes ago, uh, we talked about what's going to happen with Big Ten scheduling in 2024 
and beyond with USC, with UCLA, joining the party. Um, and I came up with an idea that is not going to happen because it's just crazy. But my idea was four pods. Uh, you break up your 16-team conference into four pods, four teams in each. Whoever gets first place in each pod, that's your Big Ten semifinal. That's right, we're doing semifinals in the Big Ten championship game in this scenario. Um, so, yeah, I just threw that out there. But Eddie writes uh, a very interesting idea, too. And this goes along the same idea of the Big Ten semifinals. And he says, each team only has 11 games scheduled. Let's say the two buys uh, throughout the season, you know, just to give the teams a break. Rivalry week is still rivalry week, so you're going to get all your classic games at the end of the season. And then whoever makes the four-team Big Ten playoffs, well, they play that, but the remaining 12 teams get matched up based on their record. So a bunch of crossover games, kind of like what they wanted to do in the COVID season um, when it was, oh, God, who's in the – it was Ohio State and Northwestern, and then they had a bunch of undercard games that season as well. And I really wish, and I think a lot of other people wish, that that would just stay. Why not? I'm going to sit down and argue about more football being on my television when I'm sitting on my couch? Absolutely not. So he writes in, could make for a fun pre-bowl game. All Big Ten teams still play 12 games plus a bowl unless you win the Big Ten semifinal game. And, of course, your maximum amount of games would be 15 for a natty. I think this idea uh, might be genius or completely idiotic or not quite sure. I love that. Those are some of the best ideas where you hatch it and you're like, did I just change the world or am I, am I a dunce? Am I a uh, stooge? Um, I, I don't think you're, you're uh, I don't think that's the dumbest idea in the world. I love it. I mean, it, it's great. You, you get a, uh, a competitive matchup against the team at the end of the season. Let's say you're a downtrodden Big Ten team and you just want your boys to go out on a high note. Okay, well, go. Go to Champaign, Illinois, and then beat up on the, the Illini, if you will, or whoever's down that year. However, it's Maddie Wet Blankets over here at your service. Uh, here, here's why it wouldn't work. It's just tough to give schools, and not just schools, but also television crews, just a week heads up after that Week 11 game, right? And I know that it happened, you know, in the COVID season, but it's a lot different to schedule games at pretty much empty stadiums is what we'll call them versus scheduling games on a week notice with tens of thousands of fans uh, potentially coming into campus and, um, you know, raising all hell as fans do uh, on college football Saturdays. So that's a logistical, yeah, we'll call it a nightmare. And then, yeah, as far as TV production crews go, yes, they have done it, but it probably isn't their cup of tea as well. You know, you see, production crews scheduling games out already months in advance just to try to prep for what's going on here. And also, too, you, you are potentially asking teams to give up a guaranteed home game. And that would be tough for a lot of ADs, a lot of departments, coaches, players, fans. Hello, let's think about us for a hot second. That'd be tough for them to digest right there. So, yeah, I'm sorry to I feel, I, I feel sick shooting that down immediately, but yeah, unfortunately, like there, there are going to be some reasons why it wouldn't work, even though I absolutely love the idea. So there you have it. And um, really quick before we get into the next segment here, this was uh, this is a, a pretty lengthy email. Um, this was from my guy, Keith, over here. He uh, He's asked a few questions before, and in all, or not all caps, but he bolds this one. How do you think Alan Haller will promote the first appearances of UCLA and USC at Spartan Stadium? And then he goes back. 
and he looks at the recent additions of the Big Ten and gives his thoughts on the reception of the new teams. And if you think, you know, my man Keith is just right about Nebraska, he's just right about Maryland, he's just right about Rutgers, mm-mm, no. He starts with talking about Penn State, and he uh, he called that a flop back when they joined in 1990. Uh, it was no hype around it whatsoever. I mean, it was – he says it felt like a preseason game. So – not the greatest welcome to uh, Penn State to the conference, or more specifically, Michigan State and East Lansing. And then Nebraska happens, and he says MSU did it right. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of friends that were Nebraska fans. They felt very welcomed. Uh, he also writes he loved how the game day experience was handled by Michigan State. And I remember that, too. Well, I'm going to back up here because Michigan State's first game against Nebraska was on the road in 2011, but the next year in 2012 – that had a lot of hype around it, and I think that helps. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll add this too. Uh, he writes Maryland and Rutgers, maybe a fail. I, listen, I, it was my senior year, after my senior year of college at Michigan State, and like I just remember the whole buildup to Rutgers and Maryland joining was just more of a why, why, and like yeah, okay, I get like the New York market or whatever in the Washington D.C. market, but like why, like this is kind of odd, so. And I think by the time they rolled into Spartan Stadium, it was kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, I guess you're part of our family now. We don't really necessarily want you here, but what are we going to do about it? Okay, let's just beat you at football a few times and get going. So I don't know how much Alan Heller and what Michigan State can do really decide things here because I think there's a lot to be unpacked here. Nebraska was or is, I'm sorry to offend Huskers, a a traditional name, you know, still a pretty good name. And it almost made sense for them to come to the Big Ten, right? Like they, you know, you think Nebraska, you immediately think football. Now in this day and age, whether that's for better or for worse, that's up for you to decide. But also having that be like a 330 game, I think it was on a key network, I believe is an ESPN game. Still, that's going to draw a lot of interest. Whereas, yeah, like Penn State, eh, okay. Maryland, mm. Rutgers, not getting out of bed for that one. So, I think just having it be USC and UCLA is going to drum up a lot of interest. Now, what's going to be interesting here is that I don't necessarily think we'll see a lot of their fans, especially if that first game, Trojans at Spartans or Bruins at Spartans, is in like late October or November. A, I don't know how well USC fans travel to begin with, or UCLA fans especially, how well they travel to begin with. And if they're traveling... Are they traveling four and a half hours on a plane to leave their beautiful weather in Southern California to go to a 35 and rainy game in Spartan Stadium? I don't necessarily think so, but from an MSU fan perspective, I think it'll be. As the kids probably don't say anymore, uh, popping and off the chain. I think it will be a lot of fun when the Trojans and Bruins eventually do come up to East Lansing for us, but for their fans, I don't know. I don't even know if they could care less so I but I don't know we'll see that there's a lot of fascinating things going on with um both these teams coming to the Big Ten cultures colliding it's gonna be awesome so can't wait for that and uh can't wait to get into more mailbag questions here in a hot segment first that's right I bet you don't know what's coming next because we got a new one gang that's right but I guarantee you know their name it's LinkedIn that's right thank you LinkedIn for hopping along this show as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for your team to grow. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. That's right. If it's free, it's for me. 
Or if it's free, I'll take three. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I'm one of those people. I'm on LinkedIn all the time, perusing some companies, perusing some open jobs. So, hey, there are plenty of people like me out here. Come on, get out there. Go create your job posting on LinkedIn. Use our simple tools like screening questions. Make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one. That's right, number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. As we get into the third segment here of Locked on Spartans, I'll say it one more time. Thanks a lot for making us your first listen. And again, please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you guys for all your subscriptions, for all your reviews, for all your ratings, your comments, yada, yada, yada. You guys are the best. Love you. And I also love this listener right here. This is my guy, Kato, and I hope I'm saying that name right. If not, I truly uh, apologize. But he shot me a list of six questions, and I loved every single one of them. And it happened a few days, if not weeks ago, because it just got so busy at Spartan Stadium or Spartan Country that it took me a while to get to these questions, but I'm finally excited to sit down and get to them. First question, let's get to it right now. Are there any football games that you feel MSU will get a big upset win, such as the Ohio State game, or, on the contrary, that MSU will get upset in, such as losing to Rutgers? Let's talk upsets. Let's talk upsets, and I found five potential upsets. I don't even know if Michigan State will be underdogs in five games, but they could be underdogs at Washington, for example. Like maybe they're two and a half point underdogs when they go out and travel to Seattle. So that would be my number one most likely upset game because Washington wasn't really inspiring last year. Yes, I understand they have Michael Penix. They got a new coaching staff. A lot of things have changed, but I also like what I see from Michigan State going into next season. Then the Big old question marks uh, that we see from the Huskies. So number one has got to be at Washington. Number two, uh, at Penn State to end the season, just because you could always count on James Franklin to be a guy that you can't count on. So that's uh, number two for biggest upset possibility. Uh, Number three, at Michigan, why not? Um, I think the Wolverines might be favored in that game. Who's to see? Who is to say? Going to see how it unfolds there. Um, They aren't. Probably going to have a loss going into that game. They have their high school JV non-conference schedule. And I don't think they really get challenged until Michigan State comes into their stadium. Um, Unless, obviously, you know, they got that game at Kinnick. I forget if that's before or after the Michigan State game. But, hey, Mel Tucker, 2-0 against uh, Jim Harbaugh. So I think that is squarely on upset alert as well. I wrote down Wisconsin, too. I don't know anything about Wisconsin (laughs) because I – they could be underdogs in that game. We could also be favored by like eight points. I have no idea what to expect from the Badgers, but I just threw that on there with like five question marks after it. I don't know. And then last place, um, Ohio State. But however, I will play along here. I, do I think Michigan State will beat Ohio State? <laughs> no. No. I'm sorry. I have PTSD flashbacks to last year's game when it was like 56-0 after the first quarter. Anyway. I've said this up and down the last few episodes whenever the Ohio State game is brought up, is that 
That game is October 8th, which I believe is the sixth game of the college football season. That is Ohio State's first road game. I'll say that again. Week six of the college football season, that is Ohio State's first road game. And no, like they don't have any neutral field games sprinkled in there at all. Like, no, they they start their season. They start their season with five straight home games. So after you build that comfortability, maybe by the time you go to Spartan Stadium, okay, our Spartans get hot a little bit, you know, get a few early stops, a few early scores. Okay, it's 21 to 17 going into halftime. Your Spartans are up. Like, I. It's, it's uncomfortable times on the road in college sports. How many times have we seen big upsets between really, really, really talented teams against teams not as talented, but in hostile environments? I mean, that's one of the beauties of college football and college sports. So I'll give it a 4% chance right now that Michigan State can do it, which is 8% higher than I would have given them at halftime of last year's Ohio State game. Yes, if you're doing the math on that, I was in the negatives. But yeah, hey, hey let's, uh, this is what the offseason's for. The offseason is for dreaming, and I like that. Now, on the contrary, the uh, not-so-fun uh, portion of that question is, what games can MSU get upset in? So I just got three trap games written down. Um, home against Minnesota, you know, Big Ten opener. It'll be awesome. It'll be an electric atmosphere. But I think it's a Minnesota team that will be undefeated going into Big Ten plays just week four. They don't have the hardest non-conference schedule. And also just random acts of Minnesota, right? I Like, Minnesota is just one of those teams that, yeah, you can count on them to go 6-6 six and six every year until, like, they don't. Until randomly they, like, bang out a 9-3 and three season, a 10-2 and two season. Uh, Tanner Morgan is back for his 14th year at quarterback, so that's a lot of experience. So, like, I, maybe that's a trap game. Or I'm really scared about the at Maryland game, which is in week five. I sound like a broken record player uh, talking about this that Maryland, we were very fortunate of Michigan State fans to get Maryland in November every single year because they are so mentally checked out of the season by November. They're spicy at the start of the season, and unfortunately this year we get them at the start of the season. We got two as little brother, little brother slinging the ball to maybe one of the best receiving cores in the whole Big Ten. Um, so that's a little scary as well. The Terrapins might still be mentally locked into their season in Week 5. And then also, not thrilled about at Illinois after the Michigan game. Whether you lose that game or win that game against Michigan, that's an emotionally charged game. The next week is at Illinois. Champaign, Illinois. Probably a noon kickoff, probably in front of 12 people in the stands. Wow, what a whiplash that is going from this super hyped up game to a, a game that's just like a, a Eeyore cloud personified on a football field. Like... So I don't know if, if Brett Bielema lets the boys get hot early. I, I'm not too thrilled about that one. And maybe some PTSD is also setting in uh, from last year's game where, you know, hey, whoo, beat Michigan. That's right, suck it. And then we go to West Lafayette, Indiana. And, well, we all know what happened there. And uh, well, it'd it be like that sometimes. So another question, too, uh, is thoughts on the new Izzo Football Center and how the football team is having to manage currently with all of the construction Really quick, uh, this will be a quick answer. I did reach out to someone on MSU's staff, and they were very generous with a quick response, um, saying that, you know, like there's different interests and exits uh, at the football center that you got to get used to. But the big, big difference is that the only locker room they're using is a locker room at the football stadium. So they got to get dressed in the north part of the stadium and then, you know, either walk or however they get to the 
practice field that's on the other side of Shaw. So that's that's the biggest inconvenience right there. Other than that, most of the construction isn't affecting the team all too much. And then uh, he asked, what is your craziest Michigan State fan experience? Uh, I'll be I'll, I'll try to be quick here. Uh, I don't want to bore you guys with uh, story time with Matt, but I do love this question. Um, you know, being at the Rose Bowl, super blessed, super fortunate to be at the Rose Bowl in the student section for that game. Uh, or something as simple as, you know, sitting in the stairs in the upper deck uh, of Breslin Center during the 2013 beatdown against Michigan. Place was packed to the gills. We couldn't even get an upper level his own ticket. It was crazy. And obviously, you know, when the Spartans are taking it to the Wolverines, it's a, a hootenanny, as they say. Um, also, I, you know what? This is probably first place for me. Uh, I was very, very lucky to uh, be invited to an event that was at Izzo's house. You know, um, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm flexing right now. I, I, I'm sheepish. I was very, very lucky to be invited to this. And Izzo walks by me. He's like, hey, you need one? And he hands me a little bat. I'm like, it's like, oh my God, this guy I've been watching for, like my, my heroes, my heroes just handed me a beer in his own basement all willy nilly. It's like, this is it. I'm going to nurse this beer forever. This is great. I'm going to cherish this moment. So like, that was cool. And also, um, actually in the stadium fan moment, student section, uh, sophomore year, 2011, the pro combat Jersey game, Michigan State versus Michigan. We're 12 rows up in the student section, got there early. I'm on the aisle. And after the game, I see someone run behind me. I'm like, who wore shoulder pads and like full gear inside the student section? How does he have the name Cousins on the back of his jersey? These jerseys just went on sale. I'm like, well, that's 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 Kirk Cousins. Somehow, some way, he got propped into the student section, and uh, so he turns around. I'm right there, like us, and like you know, ten other people are like embracing, screaming at each other, like ah, it was great. That was that was the game that uh, Kirk Cousins went four zero against Michigan at. So that was. Um, hysteria to put it lightly in the student section. So I will always have that moment seared into my memory. No doubt about that. And to end this one, Kato, Kato, Kato. Sorry. I'm so sorry for botching your name. Uh, great guy. He's on the Spartan drum line, Spartan drum line. Fantastic work. Uh, just like these questions. Last question I'm going to hit here is what are your top three bars in East Lansing? Guys, I'm washed. I've been graduated for eight years now, but my favorite are crunchies. Ricks and Harpers. Now, I did not, I did not short you guys. I, I reached out to a resident young person, someone who just graduated from Michigan State this year to get their insight on this. Shout out to Nick. Thank you very much for a quick response. His top three, Harpers, Riv, and then Dublin for third place. So if you want an old washed up guy like me, my, my opinion, that was my answer right there. Crunchies. That's right. Trying true Ricks and then Harper's. But uh, yeah, if, if you're looking for some young folk that uh, actually know what they're talking about, Harper's Riv Dublin is uh, that man's uh, humble opinion on the bar. So thank you guys so much again, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. If you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, you just want to get something off your chest, I'll be your therapist for a little bit. Why not? Hey, come on. I'm always here for you guys uh, because you guys are always here for us at Locked on Spartans. Thank you again for making us your first listen every single day. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for everything you guys do. Um, insane how much this YouTube channel has grown, especially in the off season. By the time the actual season rolls around, oh boy, this will be a hoot and a half. So I cannot wait for that. Thank you guys so much. Go enjoy your weekend. I know that it's not the fourth anymore, but hey, that doesn't mean we can't all have fun. Mix in some sunscreen, though. Mix in a water. And mix in that Spartan pride, baby. That's right. Love you all. Thank you for everything you guys do. Go green. Let's go. Go green.